Welcome, Moa family, to another episode of the Moa Member Chat. Today's episode, we have a very special guest, Cheryl Wong from the Pac-12, who's the Assistant Commissioner for Sports Management and Championships. How are we doing today, Cheryl? <laughs> doing really well. Happy to sit down with you and the fam. Thanks for joining us. Now, before we get into your background, can you explain what you do? I mean, that's a pretty cool title, but I don't know if our fellow administrators quite understand sometimes what the administrators at the conference office do. Yeah, absolutely. So I, like you mentioned, I'm in sport management and championships. So at the PAC-12, I oversee a handful of sports right now. Currently, um, I have women's soccer, men's and women's swimming and diving and women's lacrosse, but I've had a handful of other sports throughout my time at the conference. And so Basically, we see ourselves as kind of the um, the go-to for all things in those sports. So we're doing things from uh, normal kind of year to year. So scheduling, um, we're working with officiating, we're working with regulations, right? Coaches bring forth, right, things they'd like to see in terms of um, policy or procedures or things that they think that um, will help them um, competitively or their student athletes um, just within kind of the NCA framework. And then we work both up and down. We work with the campus and coaches, and then we work up through the NCA and also address things like, you know, national exposure, um, work with our sport committees on, again, different rules proposals, um, things that may be coming down from other legislative areas that may affect our sport. Um, so kind of, again, very in the center, but all things kind of for our sport on behalf of um, our 12 institutions on how we advance and help each program be as successful as possible. Um, and then, of course, championships. So at the end of every season, we get to crown a champion and then hopefully wish them well onto the postseason during the NCAA championships. That's a sounds, little snapshot. Sounds great. Now, let's backtrack slightly to when you started in the, in the industry to where you are now? Yeah, so I had a little bit of a, um, a winding path. Um, I have been in a lot of different areas and I would just say I said yes to pretty much any opportunity um, I thought would help me understand kind of all of the, the workings of kind of the entire collegiate athletics landscape. So I actually started as an athletic trainer in undergrad. I then worked um, in the business office um, in uh, UCLA's athletic department. I went to grad school at the University of Miami and worked in corporate partner services. Um, I worked in event um, operations. I worked in team operations. (laughs) I did did some marketing for um, an NFL team. Um, I then went to, uh, back out to the West coast to Cal, um, and I was the, um, travel coordinator and team ops for that athletic department. I've also been able to do a handful of things in kind of event management and again, uh, kind of partner services for a couple, um, professional teams, and then, uh, ended up at, at the conference office and kind of along <laughs> the many different roads I could have taken. Like I said, it just, we all work very closely together, even when we work in our own kind of parts of the industry. And I always just kind of 
got some good advice young and, and just stuck with it. Namely, the more that I knew about what all of the different departments that again, help our programs and our teams and our student athletes be successful. Then I thought when I got to administrative level, I could do that much again, better of a job because I'd at least for a couple moments stood in those departments shoes. So that's again, a little, a little snapshot on the winding path. Yes. The road less traveled. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely interesting as I was looking at your background, I see you've spent time on both coasts and some major cities. So can you, I guess, I don't want to get you into any trouble, but which coast do you prefer? Oh, well, I definitely can't, can't answer that question without getting in trouble. But I will just say I was from, I'm from the West Coast and then from Northern California, I went to school in Southern California, at UCLA, and when I and I thought the world of it, I you know I saw the the banners hung in Poly Pavilion. I got to work with national champions and Olympians, and just people who I thought were the the best at what they do, um, both again as as people and professionals, and then of course our student athletes um, were at the time when I was in school were were good friends, and then just admired the work they were doing, but. Again, I just, um, I wanted to expand, kind of push my, my own comfort level. And I knew that there was a lot of, again, amazing work being done um, across the country um, and in different ways. And so I actually purposely looked at grad school east of the Mississippi. Um, I didn't have family or friends. I'd never really been out there. Again, I just wanted to, to learn. And, and that's what being on, on the East coast and being Miami was just a different, um, exposure to a different kind of excellence and how to do things, um, really, really well. And yeah, just value, uh, value, just very different, um, places and, and both were filled with a lot of sunshine, um, and, and a lot of coast. So I'm, I'm lucky in that respect, but they both, um, are great places couldn't couldn't recommend them more absolutely absolutely now let's speak MOA so when did you get started with the organization and what do you enjoy most about being a part of MOA yeah so my um uh my I guess boss supervisor at the time Gloria Navarez um who's now at the, the commissioner of the WCC was heavily involved um in MOA and certainly always supported um, you know, prof our professional development and just getting to know kind of more of the industry. Um, and then always also stress that need um, for diversity because it makes us better. So again, MOA's mission is just really to provide opportunities for minorities in athletic administration. However, we can kind of bring all of those voices and perspectives kind of more to the forefront, just makes us better and stronger. Um, you know, and smarter and more creative and, and more motivated and all of that. So a lot of um, um, just encouragement and kind of built into how we structured our teams. So MOA seemed like a natural fit. I'll also say, you know, being um, Asian American, we're also, I would say a little bit even more of a minority in the athletic space. And so as someone that felt like um, I had had opportunity, um, I was not a student athlete. So I think that's another uh, just, you know, not as common in the industry. Um, and so just being able to get involved, um, and, and meet more people who I both could look up to and 
um, connect with and learn from, and then also position myself to um, meet people who either had questions in the industry, whether or not, again, they themselves, Asian American had questions about breaking into the industry. And again, just being available and engaged and uh, really believing uh, in the importance of, of bringing kind of what we consider all of those minorities, like I said, those voices more to the forefront. Absolutely. And we have a good time. Yes. yes, Not always with that in. Moa has a good time. Yes. I can, I can attest to that. Now, yeah, you you spoke to something that was interesting. As you say, you weren't a student athlete and it's interesting because I, I do get questions from, from various people in terms of just the background and, and how I got started. And they assume that most of our administrators, while yes, they probably do have um, a background of being a student athlete, there are a lot that do not. And can you kind of speak to, to, to that aspect and, you know, not being a student athlete, but also still having the passion for sports and, be, and being involved in this industry? Absolutely. So again, I, when I was an undergrad at UCLA, I got involved in their athletic training program. Um, and I had the really fortunate experience of um, being able to work with the football team while they transitioned to a new head coach. So um, Carl Durrell, who's now at University of Colorado, but again, was at UCLA at the time, um, right, was instilling kind of his values into the team. And a lot of it was just about working at a sense of um, urgency, about finding, right, small details um, in which you can get better, right, where you can control your effort. And again, what your, your small detail that you're going to um, target as a goal to get better and then working towards that. Um, also talked a lot about just, um, just a lot of respect and, um, appreciation for kind of every member of your team. So again, at the time I was a, you know, student athletic trainer lost amongst kind of all these other people. And he, he made an effort to know everyone's name and that I, I thought was, um, not as common, but but like what a way to kind of, again, instill your, your values in your action. So basically from kind of those small moments, I went, you know, I, I can do those things, right. I want to get that every day. I want to work hard. I want to be a part of a team. Um, I want to, you know, see, see how much effort, passion and love and how far we can go with that. And so that's honestly what made me sit down with then more people in the athletic department to find out, you know, could this be, uh, a career and could this be an area that even though, again, I wasn't an athlete, but I was around it and I just responded for me in so many ways that kind of um, paralleled what my values were. And again, just started sitting down with people who would sit down with me in the athletic department and got a couple opportunities outside of athletic training on more the administrative side and then kept going because I loved it. So. Nice. Now, championships, I assume that that's probably one of the coolest or funnest aspects of your job, being able to crown champions on an annual basis. So hopefully I'm not getting getting you to, to getting you into any trouble. <laughs> Excuse me. What's your favorite championship to host? Oh, yeah. Um, so I will, <laughs> again, not let you put me on the spot. Um, I would say, you know, our, our, our kind of flagship championships, um, are always, you know, fun, especially we've 
the last few years been able to make a few changes. So we moved our, our basketball tournament after a number of years in LA to Vegas. And I was able to kind of be a part of that as we, you know, did something new and, and, and trying to breathe it to life. Um, so those are always fun. I guess I would say, and you hit on this is that just a reminder of how like special, you know, some of these championships are. So I um, oversee swimming and diving and didn't know a lot about the sport when I uh, took it on, right? We're all kind of Olympics every four years. We get really excited about <laughs> the splash in the water and, you know, the, the Michael Phelps moments and that stuff. But, um, you know, got there and I think my second year at Pac 12, we had six American records. So I'm standing here, th- you know, putting on this championship. And as I'm handing over this first place, you know, conference championship trophy, I'm like, wow, you're the first American to like have ever done this, like ever, like that's, and we did it six times. Like that is not normal. That is not common. I mean, these are just phenomenal, like once, once in a lifetime kind of moments. And I was kind of honored by being there, you know, six times and and being able to say like, Hey, all, all of my hard work helped allow this student athlete to have this moment. Um, and, and those kinds of things really kind of strike you like this is special, like all of these moments um, and all of the things that we get to be a part of and we're allowed to be a part of um, make it really special. So that that one has stayed um, exciting and fun and just a lot of special moments. Um, like I said, our like I said, our flagship ones are basketball. It's not a championship, but we um, have had the opportunity to host a couple basketball games um, in China mm-hmm. over the years. And those ones, same thing. It's kind of a crazy experience, lots of hard work, but I love um, student athletes talking about getting a passport for the first time and about how they really didn't think they wanted to travel very much and how after that trip, it really opened their eyes to different food and different culture. And again, having sport be the vehicle for that and them meeting people that then they connect with on social media, you know, just things like that. Um, I think those are the the fun moments of, of championships um, to be able to kind of sleepless nights, like turn into those moments. So those are my, those are my list. Very cool. And, and actually, speaking of swimming and diving, when I was on campus at Truman State, that was one of the sports that I oversaw. So I had a chance to travel with the team to go to several meets and then to the conference championship and the the fan base from the family to the friends is I would say that fan base for that sport rivals any other sport and if you have not been to a swimming and diving event I will definitely advise you to attend one in your lifetime it is very cool very cool you will not um it's very exciting very exciting <laughs> Very loud. So, yes, very loud. Yes, yes. So let's segue now. You spent some some time in professional sports. Can you kind of you know speak to us about that working with the NFL and the NBA? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, both in I guess my stops in the the Bay Area and and when I was at Miami, just again had an opportunity to um, work with 
the NFL teams in that city. And then in the Bay Area, I was able to work with the Warriors. And it uh, it's kind of funny to take on a part-time job when you have a very full-time job. But I also feel like, especially at the conference office, um, I'm mostly in my office. We do have championship events, but it's not quite like campus where you've got, you know, five, six, seven, eight, 10, you know, 15 events kind of a weekend. Um, and, and I talk a lot on the phone, right. With coaches, I don't get a lot of that face-to-face that again, you get on, on campus. So, um, I knew a few people, like I said, in those, um, organizations and was able to work on game day and it just put me like back in the fray. Right. So I'm standing out at gates and I'm helping with security and tickets and I'm interacting with um, very passionate fan bases. Um, I think we all know that uh, collegiate (laughs) programs have fans, but there's nothing like Raider Nation. Um, Again, I was fortunate enough to be with the Warriors when they had their kind of finals runs. And so Mm. just kind of being around boots on the ground um, with the fans, helping with you know, kind of really ops, ops centric, um, work with the, with the teams and the, um, the venues, uh, it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of grounds you. It reminds you about (laughs) customer service. Um, and just, they, they put a lot of emphasis on the experience, right? Um, we talk a lot about student experience, um, which right is critical to our, our mission. Um, I do think that on professional sports, right, the events themselves, the game experience, the fan experience has a, a really high, um, high priority. You know, that's the, that's, that's part of the, the product. Um, and so, yeah, just, it has a different energy. It has a different, uh, I keep using the word urgency, but it kind of does. There's <laughs> a lot of ramp up to, to once that ball kicks off or the ball, um, tips off. So, yeah, it's, and it's fun to, to win a championship. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Is there a particular event that you have experienced just kind of from, from afar as a fan that strikes you as something that you maybe want to be a part of behind the scenes as you are involved in, in hosting championships and, and various events? Can you pinpoint one event that you say, you know, it'd be cool to be involved kind of behind the scenes on the, in the administration of that event? Oh, um, I am saying this, not knowing a lot about it. And that is, I, um, you know, right. Biggest world stage. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Olympics, right. We obviously have the Mm -hmm. LA games coming and then I have a, just like a, a personal, um, relationship (laughs) or connection, our relationship, a personal connection to the Salt Lake city, park city area. So imagining them getting another winter Olympics and kind of all eyes on the, on the U S and kind of our, our sports and our athletics and our, our athletes. And then again, just kind of welcoming, welcoming the country. Right. I'm very romanticized about that, but I think that would be, would be pretty cool. And yeah, just kind of shooting for, for the the biggest, right. Biggest world stage. So I would say that's, that is on the list. Not sure if yes. it's ever going to happen, but that's on the list. <laughs> and we can speak it into existence. I think the Olympics <laughs> is, is one event that uh, absolutely, and having a chance to definitely host some events when I was on campus, uh, both kind of in the locale of the institution and, and out of state, I, 
I think it would be cool to to be a part of hosting the Olympics. It definitely involves a lot of work. I, I can probably say that without even being involved in any of that planning, but it just seems like it takes a lot of work. Um, and I understand probably why it is a four year and every four year <laughs> event, because it probably yeah. takes that that length of time to make sure that you're going to run this event properly. Now, let's let's segue slightly um, in terms of hosting all these events. You've had a chance to interact with some pretty cool individuals, I'm sure. of. Is there someone that you have just kind of admired from afar? Maybe they are still here with us or no longer here. Someone that you can pinpoint that it'd be cool to just have a conversation with or maybe some coffee or tea or, or lunch. <laughs> can you, uh, or any number of individuals, can you uh, kind of speak about that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm a Bruin, right? So I have to mm -hmm. say, not have to, right? A very, very ingrained is um, certainly John Wooden. Um, I only had a couple opportunities even just to like, see him speak from afar and and kind of felt like all the stories people tell are true and would just be so fascinating like you said just coffee like one-on-one -on -one and just kind of listen to him um you know just talk about life and 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 that so I, I just think that would be kind of amazing to hear the stories he has and then what wisdom maybe some more more story side um and then uh, again, same, I got to go pack 12 roots a little, and I will tell you, and especially after, you know, a pretty good, uh, basketball season in the pack 12, um, I've had a couple opportunities to sit down and have dinner with Bill Walton and he is as kind of fun and, and, and it'll be a long dinner. Um, there's, there's a lot to say, uh, a lot of stories to tell, but every time you, hear something new, learn something new, laugh about something new. Um, and, and he certainly, again, got it right this season when it came to Pac-12 hoops. But uh, yeah, I would definitely always welcome that, that opportunity. But it'll be a long dinner. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, Bill Walton seems like he would be a, a good time to sit down and, and interact with, just judging by his personality from his, his commentating. It's, it's genuine. You can tell he genuinely enjoys the sport of basketball, obviously, because he has a storied career. And he definitely is one of the biggest proponents of, of Pac-12 hoops as one of those things, given a time zone, we may not be able to experience <laughs> all of the great play until, similar to this year, you get to the tournament and after two rounds, the Pac-12 has no losses <laughs> or maybe one loss. And everyone's wondering, like, where did these teams come from? So it's uh one of those things. So let's segue slightly. And in the spirit of that, was it exciting to see all of your teams do so well this year? Or was it one of those things where we you expected it? It just was a matter of just because of, like I say, time zones. The rest of the world did not get a chance to see all of the great play from your men's basketball teams. I was going to say, you're going to have me dust off my bracket and prove my... <laughs> my my faith and commitment I mean we all I mean I think I think more than anything is right it was just a crazy um it continues to be uh a a unprecedented here I'll use a COVID bingo word um you know year in sports and so having the limited amount of um non-conference play knowing that our teams had to hit pause um you know we were 
stopped kind of cold out here on the West Coast for a long time in terms of people being able to, to practice and, and get together in any kind of way. So uh, I would say um, just like all of us, right, nervous, ho hoping, you know, for as much of the season as we could, um, you know, thankful when we got through kind of our tournament you know, every day you test and every day you're, you're kind of holding your breath until you get those negatives. Cause all you want to do is be able to, to get everyone out there and enjoy the game and compete um, the way they want to, but to do it safely. And so then, yeah, after kind of that long haul to see, to see the teams do as well as they did um, felt, felt like, okay, I earned at least one small superhero badge. You know, we, we kind of, we did it and, and it's great to, um, have that be, be seen on a national stage. So it was yeah. very exciting. <laughs> and, and on a woman's side, obviously Stanford uh, won this year and they competed against Arizona who had a pretty mm -hmm. cool story, um, you know, given their team. It's kind of speaks to that and uh, just the, the excitement from Stanford. I believe they hadn't won a women's national championship, I want to say in 20 plus years, uh, which kind of seems... Uh, Seems, seems interesting to me because they've had such a storied um, history in that sport and other sports and given that time span of not winning a national championship. Seems, it was interesting to me, but kind of speak um, speak to that. Yeah. yeah, and again, good good reminder. They've certainly been at the top, right? But it's really mm -hmm. hard to win a championship. Yeah. And so you could go to the final four, you can, you know, you can be there every time and, you know, the, the heartbreak of not doing it. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it felt like, um, you know, on one hand, Oh, they've, you know, they've been there, but on the other, it's just really hard. So uh, everyone is special, I would say. Um, again, yeah, just phenomenal women's basketball season. So lucky being at the conference office to kind of, um, you know, that problem to have of like, all right, I'm going to sit on my hands because I can't cheer for either one because I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, but at the same time, really have been impressed, um, not surprised, but impressed by, you know, uh, and again, goes back to our industry, Tara's willingness to extend, um, right, advice and support to younger coaches, which I know she did with Dia and the appreciated you know, all of that and to see where, you know, she's taken that program, um, you know, also right in light of lots of things that have come out, right. Arizona is a, is a basketball school. Um, but right. We've been focusing on men's and I love that, um, you know, uh, a new mom, um, you know, at our alma mater, um, a, a black female head coach, right. Which again, two women head coaches, at the championship also doesn't always happen in women's basketball. So it was just, it was a lot of, um, felt like a lot of, of, of breakthroughs and kind of confirmation of what's going on to, to grow and support um, women's basketball and in the Pac-12 and, and, and women leaders. So if we want to do it again next year, hey, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think that the Arizona <laughs> Um, and Stanford, they have strong teams and bringing back some key players, or excuse me, key student athletes. And so they'll definitely be, you know, two of the teams that we will be speaking about in that sport. Like you said, speak it into existence. He said speaking it here, Noah. 
said it, not me. <laughs> yes, yes. So what are you currently working on um, either uh, professionally, personally, at the conference office, or maybe some projects or a project that um, you want to speak to? Um, oh, good, good. Another good question. Um, I would, I guess, be honest with the, with those listening. Um, it's been a really long year. So I, I kind of feel like, um, you know, resetting is almost the, the, the project right now and helping, you know, all of us and our campuses kind of, kind of settle back into like our business, you know, um, and, and then also taking what we learned from COVID, right? I think it became apparent some things that were important, um, you know, and other things. And, and I think we're talking about those things, right? I think mental health um, within our communities has come up. Um, I think re-examining our priorities in terms of, right, equity um, across uh, sports, um, across uh, right, right, our MOA community, right? Um, getting minorities uh, spotlighted so that they're not right minorities anymore. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm recently just got added to the NCA Committee for Olympic Sports. So looking forward to, to what that group I think may, may be engaged a little bit more. As like I said, um, we know work is gonna come um, on examining kind of sports across the board, um, obviously able to be uh, a part of MOA. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the work right now for me is, is some of those quieter things where when we, like I said, getting back to some kind of back to the work at hand instead of the pandemic kind of uh, dominating everything. And then some of those smaller uh, details and starting to get, get to work um, on again, those things that I think really came to light in the past year. No, that's definitely very important. And from the national office perspective, advising our member institutions through this time and then now, okay, how do we get the membership to level set? And that's in quotations, if you can ever level set, um, given everything that we've all been through, this is going to be, uh, I guess, a different kind of normal moving forward, but yes, keeping that into perspective, level setting to what we traditionally do, adding in things that we have learned over the past um, year to 16 months, I would say. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. And I think that everyone is definitely, you know, we're, we're in it to, to, to win it. And so we're going to continue to move forward and, and advise our student athletes as best we can. So we are at the portion of the episode where it's the MOA member minute. So it's a chance for our MOA members to give any professional or personal advice to the MOA family. So without further ado, it's your MOA member, excuse me, MOA member minute. Okay. Um, I would say my North star, which again has been, has been bright this year is, is just remember the people, you know, we say it all the time. Um, we're, we're a people industry. Um, I love that in athletics, we value, right, nurturing people, right? We always look at it like we're, we're growing people, whether or not student athletes from freshman to senior or beginning of a season to the end of the season, or, right, we have interns and GAs and we want to see them kind of excel through 
Um, but it takes dedication and hard work. Um, and, and, and again, right. So that's all, all the people part of it. So when you get stuck in a hard place or when there's a lot going on, or, you know, again, all those things, again, more stuff that we've learned in, in COVID, like just remember the people remember, um, and think about it from that perspective, like from a people perspective, where is your right? Where's your gut telling you to go? Uh, and then the other one is (laughs) be nimble nimble and flexible, right? It's the key to sports and, um, and just survival and success. And, uh, and yeah, so those are my two. It's about the people. And again, stay, stay nimble, stay on your toes. Absolutely. That's great advice. Great advice. Well, Mo family, I have been your host, Michael Baisley. We want to thank you again, Cheryl. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit down with us. And as always, more family, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned.